You're listening to Alleycast, a deep dive into innovative and emerging trends in e-commerce, online payments, and digital entertainment. Brought to you by Alibaba Group, we'll offer insights about Chinese consumers and brands doing business in China. We'll delve into global online retail, cloud computing, big data, and other must-know topics and issues in and around one of China's largest companies. I'm Adam Najberg. Along with its human toll, COVID-19 has also had a profound impact on China's retail sales. At the height of the pandemic in January and February, foot traffic dried up due to lockdown and retail sales dropped sharply in most categories. As China emerged from the effects of the virus, retail sales have rebounded, but even as the overall economy returned to growth in the second quarter, retail sales were still down a touch. But the news is far from bad. Some sectors like beauty and luxury have risen sharply and are already close to or back to last year's levels. Another bright spot, Online retail penetration has grown precisely because of the pandemic. Development and innovation have sped up, and we're seeing new consumers, new consumer habits, and patterns formed during COVID looking like they'll become permanent. To take us deeper into what's happening with retail and consumption patterns in China, we spoke with Daniel Zipser. Daniel's a McKinsey senior partner in China. He heads their consumer packaged goods and retail practices in greater China. Daniel works with business leaders to transform their operations by driving profitable growth in China, and he helps them expand globally. He works with some of the world's largest consumer companies to drive their performance in China and the rest of Asia. Daniel, thanks very much for joining us on Alicast. Let me kick this off by asking you, if we go back to November 2019 or so, pre-COVID, how was consumption doing in China? Back in November 2019, we actually were looking back to a very strong 2019, which consumer confidence being at a high level. We just look back to the W11 shopping festival, which has reached an all-time high. And there was quite a lot of excitement in the consumer industry about the level of consumption and the gross expectations for the future. As we scroll slightly forward, heading into December or so, and, and then into January and Chinese New Year, just how bad did things really get retail and consumption-wise during the lockdown in China? I would like to put us back in to January of 2020 and the context when the, when the crisis hit. I think it's important to remember that the crisis hit just a few days before the Chinese New Year's Eve. And Chinese New Year is by far the most important family holidays for China. It's a time when people go to their home cities, when they spend a full week as a public holiday together with their family. And it's a very emotional and important time of the year. The crisis hit just a few days before, and the whole country immediately knew that it was serious. So that was not a gradual move, but one day to the other, everybody knows that the world will be different compared to what it was yesterday. People were reacting to it incredibly quick. 
They were looking for their family. They were looking for themselves, taking protective measures. They were also looking for their employees and their colleagues and looking what can they do to actually protect their lives, be it through the wearing of masks and actually securing mask supply, which obviously wasn't easily available back, back, back then because nobody was prepared. And in that moment, nobody had a playbook. I heard that so many basically executive was saying that we were not prepared. And I think that is very important as a context that in that time period, right before and then during the Chinese New Year holidays, people were looking what actually to do and how to protect the country and the people. If you then go through the months of, of February, the months of February has been also one of the really challenging and at the same time, also actually quite inspiring times for me to watch. And I've been spending close to 15 years here in, in China. And if I think back February, how China stood together as a country, how Chinese together faced the crisis. It was very remarkable. And you can see that until today that there is immense pride we are, we're seeing in the country, how the, the Chinese actually has mastered the crisis and went through the crisis back in February. Could you talk a bit about those mitigation efforts and what happened? You know, because from one day to the next, we really did see things come to a screeching halt. And I've talked to a lot of brands and companies who saw foot traffic completely stop to stores and showrooms. And I know that a lot of the tech companies in China were trying to find ways to mitigate this, to digitize, to move online. Could you talk a little bit about that? I want to understand what happened and did it work? So let, let me answer your, your, your last question first. Yes, absolutely, it worked. And I think that's also considering the pride the country now has because the measures which were taken back in, in February actually did work. What did we, did, what did we see? You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there was a complete shutdown. Most of the, the, the retailers were closed. Most of the restaurants were closed. People were staying at home. Everybody was talking to get protective gears for themselves. I think the offices also closed, schools shut down shortly there, 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 thereafter. And people were, were really looking how to protect themselves. And it really came from the people who were trying not to infect themselves and also not to, not to infect others. After some while, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, right? People were, were at home, but they were working. And they were also interested to buy goods and, and, and services, right? They still wanted to eat. They, they still wanted to buy cosmetics products. And there's a lot of things, basically, people were, were very keen to actually purchase. And the way how they basically then purchased their goods is they were ordering, often online, to get the products delivered, be it food, be it food from restaurants. I think restaurants in that time greatly benefited from being able, despite being either closed or having very little traffic, being able to deliver to people in their homes. And the same holds true for, for many of the department stores who actually open new channels and says, well, we don't have any foot traffic. Our foot traffic may be down as much as 80 or 90%. At the same time, we can still actually maintain our business by leveraging the people we have to communicate directly to end consumers and then deliver the goods to their homes. So we've seen quite a substantial amount of, of retail innovation, how offline retailers connected online to provide goods and services to consumers who were at home. Live streaming came up. I think so much has talked about live stream and it's, it existed before, right? It's not an absolute new phenomenon, but it has seen so much growth throughout this year, 2020, because people are home. And when people are at home, they, they still basically enjoy shopping and they still like to engage with people. And if that's not an in-person engagement, it's on their mobile phones. And I think it's something to stay. And I think, of course, it has been a challenging time. 
but it also has been a rewarding time for many people. Well, you talked about the things that will stay. Now, extreme times call for extreme measures, and we did see that. Then we saw things recover. And the question that I have is, what is actually sticking? What's new that didn't exist before that is probably a forever thing that's going to last in the world of retail in China? So first of all, I don't see anything where I would say it's completely new and it has not existed before. What I have seen is I've seen an amplification and acceleration of existing trends to a very strong degree. I mentioned live streaming, I mentioned food delivery and, and grocery deliveries. All of them were not new, but they reached a completely new scale throughout the crisis. Also, if you talk about remote working, if you talk now about hybrid models of working, none of that was new, right? It existed before, but it got a major boost throughout the crisis. And I do believe that this acceleration fast forwarded China by at least 18 months. Demographically, how would you break it down? I mean, I've heard anecdotally that old people who used to spend their mornings in the wet markets, for example, as a social thing, but also to go shopping, they started to go online. I heard that other age groups started to behave differently, but I'm, I'm sure you've drilled down a lot more into this than I have. What's your observation about the demographics of what changed during the lockdown? No, I, I, I like your examples and I completely agree with your uh, examples because it's really throughout the, the, the whole society. Because on the one hand side, as you said, it invited the older generation who has been less familiar with, with digital engagement and purchases to actually try it out. And they did. And if you see them, basically older generation making their first order back in February and March, they're still doing it now. So we see also this being something that sticks. At the same time, not, not to a surprise, a lot of the basically more innovative ways of engaging consumers largely comes from the younger generation. So the whole topic of social commerce and social engagement is largely driven by the, by the young generation. But it is an interesting phenomenon that we've seen the digital acceleration happening both with the older as well as the younger generation, both with females and males, both with higher tiers and lower tiers. So it's really across the board with different nuances what they have been picking up and engaged with. At what point did you start to see when you were observing things that we switched from kind of crisis mode and extreme measures and great changes online to actual recovery of retail in China. When did you first start to feel and see those first green shoots of recovery? First of all, I think, let me talk about two early phases back from, from January, February, and probably the first half of March. In the very beginning, it was all around people. It was all around protective gears, securing lives, once that seemed to be managed and under control and people felt confident and safe, it also shifted very quickly. How can we actually sup secure a supply of goods and again drive consumption? Obviously, the months of, of February and March has still been, been challenging because people stayed home and consumption levels has seen very substantial declines. I think the turning point has been the, the, the May holidays. And this is, by the way, similar what we've also been seeing during, during the SARS days. The May holidays have seen 100 million Chinese traveling domestically, which is quite, quite a number of tourists, actually, if you, if you think about it, 100 million of them. Still much less than 2019, but it was 100 million people and they're out. And they came back from, from, their, from their holidays and they were in the mode again 
that the crisis is mastered, schools are opening, and we're we're getting back out and have confidence to also buy 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 goods. And that's why I've seen incredibly strong months of May and June in terms of consumption. Also, the the digital platforms with the six eighteen shopping festival, which has seen an unseen level compared to to, to previous years, I think helped to bring back the excitement to buy goods and really drove consumption very strongly. In terms of actual goods, I mean, you talked about the phase where people were looking for protective gear and of course they were buying food, but when we really started to see retail recovering, has it been lumpy thus far? You know, what started to pick up first? What areas or sectors and and how steeply were they recovering? And just to finish this thought, were there any sectors or are there any sectors that are still lagging? It's a very good question, and as you as you already point out in your question, the answer will depend on the on the different categories because we've seen very different shapes and forms of of, of recovery. Obviously, the earliest stages indeed has been has been grocery people basically not going out and eating but ordering in and also actually cooking home at, uh, more, and that has drove consumption strongly in, in 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 those categories. At the same time, it took quite a bit longer for food service outside, like restaurants, to 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 recover. So we're still there, I think, slowly reaching last year's level only only by now and may not actually be there 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 yet. Also, I think other lagging parts, I think it's the whole hospitality industries like hotels and, and, and tourism. I think it's gradually recovering, but it's not, not there yet. At the same time, there are other areas. I think the beauty industry has been an area which has recovered very, very quickly. And people are very basically excited again to buy cosmetics and skincare skincare products quite 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 early on. Also, it's a bit surprising for, for some people, luxury actually has been very very strong in in, the, in mainland China and many people actually who cannot travel outside of China right now they decide first of all they have more money by by not being able to to do the holiday trip and some of them say why why don't I buy a, a handbag instead because they do have the money which they're saving from the trip and then they're investing it often into luxury goods so luxury goods is an industry which we've seen going very very strongly driven by additional affordability and also by shifting spending from overseas to China are you seeing a broad-based recovery? Are you seeing a steady recovery? Where are we right now? You mentioned some sectors are kind of where they were a year ago, but if you just step back and kind of look at the horizon, how broad is this recovery and how steady is it? Well, I think now if you talk about August 2020, I think in if you take the the broad 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 approach the the recovery there so we're largely in terms of consumption of last year's level as said it very much differs by industry but i'd say we are we are we are, we are back on track and we anticipate the next months actually to see a steady growth vis-a-vis last year i keep hearing about revenge consumption and it, it kind of grabbed my attention because it sounded pretty interesting is, is it hype? Is it actually happening? What is it? And, and how long is it supposed to go on? I, I heard the terms and I've, I've seen the terms many times. I'm not a huge fan of the term because revenge somehow sounds to me like something negative. While as right. I think the phenomenon being described, I think it's actually a very true phenomenon because you, you've seen people coming back, regaining their confidence and saying, yes, we, we, we made it. And, you know, if you have a confident consumer, the consumer is also passionate, excited and, and goes out to, to buy goods uh, and goes out for restaurants and goes out for nightlife. So we, we do see that the, the crisis when it was coming to an end has led to an incredibly strong confidence. And that incredibly strong confidence then has led 
to what is often described as a revenge purchase. In terms of, of the the economy right now, the state of, of the economy and the retail sector, what is still lagging? What needs to regain health? I don't think it's possible to look in China in isolation. And we still actually face substantial travel restrictions. We still face travel restrictions domestically. We also do face international travel restrictions, with China still being largely locked down for for international travel. Obviously, also, we can't look in China in isolation in terms of the the virus, because while we speak here about confidence that China is at a more positive state, there's still no vaccination. And we're, we're still not at the end when it comes to the virus, when I look at it at the global level. So I think the, the key attention of everyone in China is how can this humanitarian crisis be, be solved globally? Because eventually that will, that will impact every single country in the world. I mean, right now we're well into the second half of, of the, the calendar year, and that's typically a big shopping period in China and for China. What are you thinking for the rest of this year? Yes, yes, you're right. I think we have the big shopping festivals coming up and Chinese in, in general have a large basically share of their spending towards, towards the second half. And I do believe this will be the same this year, assuming that the confidence will remain at the levels that we are seeing right now. And this is driven by two things. I think one thing is obviously we speak about the consumer and the consumer is confident, the consumer is employed, the consumer is seeing salary increases and is confident to spend. There is, there is another side of it, which will be driving what I anticipate to be a strong next months to come, which is global companies are looking for growth. And many countries in the world still actually are in the middle of the crisis, which will prevent global companies to actually drive consumption in, in, in those markets. So many, many global companies today look for China for health, which will also create more exciting and compelling promotional activities, new innovative products being launched in China early. We've seen fashion shows from luxury brand now for the for the first time also happening here locally in, in, in Shanghai. So I do see that both happening from a demand perspective as well as the supplies perspective that we will look for for strong double eleven and double twelve. I feel like you're reading my mind here because I wanted to talk to you a bit about incentives and stimulus. I know the governments have been doing their part uh, inside China. I know companies and brands and platforms have been doing things with rebates and coupons. Do you think that that is going to be necessary to continue to stimulate consumption? I'm not an expert on government policies. So let me let me comment on the promotional activities that the, the, the brands are, are, are doing. I think it's hard to answer whether it's necessary, but it's definitely happening. So... Um, I think there is no, no, no choice. Everybody's turning for China for growth. So you have a consumer who's willing to spend. And pretty much every brand I can think of is doubling down to, to drive demand from, from, from China. Whether it's necessary, maybe yes, maybe no. But it's definitely for sure happening. And it creates an environment which also from a consumer perspective makes it actually very attractive to buy in China right now. So if we were having this conversation over a glass of eggnog or something on New Year's Eve uh, heading into 2021, and we look back at 2020 and retail in China, what would you be saying about China's economic and retail recovery? And what would you say about its consumption patterns? 
It's it's a very good question, and I don't have the crystal ball to 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 be honest. It and I don't think anyone can answer that 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 question. Will there be a second wave or a third wave? As we've seen basically parts of that in 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 Dalian and Beijing recently. What will fall bring when it gets gets colder again? I think there's a lot of open questions. Also, the world economy. As of now, I'm actually I'm very confident about China consumption and the China retail environment. I also see a lot of basic positive energy around the the, the brand owners, promotions they're driving, the return. They're seeing. So as of now, I, I have a positive outlook, cautiously positive outlook. But I think there's so many many factors to to consider. But I'm very much looking forward to actually speak with you back at the end of the year, and hopefully that indeed we'll make it a glass of champagne for then an ending of what will have been one of the most challenging years ever. Great. And if I could just ask you one last thing. Every country, every region is unique. I'm wondering, though, if you look at what is happening in China in the retail scene, are there any patterns that you might expect to see in the EU or US or any other countries or any lessons that were learned in China that might be applicable elsewhere for retail recovery and consumption recovery? Ultimately, China has brought forward a lot of, of innovation, particularly digital innovation. I spoke about social commerce earlier, live streaming related to that. So I think there's an, there's a number of things which basically pioneered from, from, from China and which could have applicability in, in, in other parts of the world. I haven't seen it that much at that point of time. I think there are some reasons for that, given also different, different aid structures. But I, I do believe that not just in this year, but going forward, that China will play a larger role when it comes to bringing innovations from China to the rest of the world. Daniel Tipser, thank you so much for spending time with us on Alicast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Adam. 